The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Kirksville Weekly, a podcast exploring the people and issues that impact the city and its residents. And now your host, Ethan Gable. Welcome to Kirksville Weekly for the week of February 18th, 2019. We've got another great show for you this week. We're taking a break from the City Council Candidate Series and talking about the Kirksville R3 School Board. But before we get there, let's take a look at last week's headlines. On Friday morning, Mayor Chuck Long delivered the State of the City Address for those in attendance at the Economic Development Alliance Building. In the 10-minute speech, the mayor described the state of the city as strong, outlining the city's 2018 accomplishments and 2019 plans. Items of note from the speech, the city plans to rehabilitate 6-7 to miles of road, which, as we have discussed multiple times on this show, is fantastic news. Specific streets slated for improvement include Osteopathy from Elizabeth to Scott, Cottonwood from Marion to Baltimore, as well as other residential streets. In addition, Mayor Long announced a City of Kirksville and MoDOT partnership to repair Baltimore Street from Illinois all the way to Patterson. He also mentioned the addition of storm drains, which will hopefully prevent Baltimore from returning to its current dilapidated condition. Mayor Long also discussed the construction of a new $3.2 million water tower north of Petrilla Park, as well as the new Aquatic Center. The Aquatic Center's construction is scheduled to begin this June. A full recording of the State of the City address is available on the Kirksville Weekly Facebook page. In other news, it was announced last week that the North Pizza Hut would be closing on the evening of Monday, February 18th, which is tonight if you're a release date listener. The restaurant will then be torn down to make way for a newer model of Pizza Hut, which will focus heavily on carryout and delivery versus dining in. The new restaurant reportedly will not feature a buffet, which has caused ire among some city residents. During the four-month construction of the new restaurant, the South Pizza Hut will remain open. However, the status of the South Pizza Hut after that point is not confirmed, as some reports have claimed it will be permanently closed and others have stated it will remain open. Either way, changes are coming for pizza eaters in Kirksville. Our main story today is about the Kirksville R3 school board election, or lack thereof. The 2019 municipal election on April 2nd will, for the first time since 2015, not feature a race for a spot on the board. With two seats due to be open this year, only incumbents Gayla McHenry and John McConnell declared their candidacy by the January 15th filing deadline. The seats will not appear on the ballot, as McHenry and McConnell will automatically receive additional three-year terms. McHenry and McConnell will also not have to campaign or appear in the annual candidate forum hosted by the city. Both school board members did not respond to interview requests. For the second year in a row, the school board will consist of McHenry, McConnell, Board President Nan Davis, Adam Moore, Jeremy Hauser, Gay Nicktine, and Mikey Bishop. This is just the third time in the last decade without year-to-year turnover. In 2015, Nick Teen and former board president Neil Chamberlain also won uncontested races preserving the same seven board members that served in 2014, the other time being 2011 and 2012. Interestingly enough, this was also due to Nick Teen and Chamberlain retaining their seats as they bested Greg Gordon in the 2012 election to preserve the 2011 school board. Seats on the school board are on a three-year cycle, with two seats being available in years one and two, and three seats being available in year three. 
The 2020 municipal election will be the third year of the cycle, with Davis's, Hauser's, and Moore's terms expiring. And now a math warning. For those of you that don't like math, we're going to get into some numbers here. Overall, the trend over the last number of years points to a diminishing interest from community members when it comes to running for seats on the school board. While many people I talk to claim that interest is cyclical, the numbers undeniably show a downward trajectory. If we just look at the number of those running each year on paper, it does seem cyclical, with larger numbers of participants appearing on the ballot during years with three available seats, namely 2011, 2014, and 2017. If we look at the numbers specifically, in 2010, five people ran. 2011, five also ran. 2012, down to three. 2013, down to two. 2014 came back up to 5, 2015 back down to 2, 2016 was 4, 2017 was 6, 2018 was 3, and 2019, as stated before, just the 2. Calculating the correlation between the year and the number of candidates suggests a moderate negative trend line indicating that participation in the school board election has indeed decreased during the 10-year span. Examining the last 15 years of data shows an even steeper negative trend line beginning in the year 2005, when there was an astounding 10 candidates that filed for three spots on the board. Interestingly, participation in city council elections over that same 10-year period from 2009 through 2019 has been generally increasing. Graphs of all of this data will be available on our Facebook page for those listeners who appreciate visuals. Along with the graphs, you will also find what I can assume is the only Gantt chart ever constructed of Kirksville R3 school board members from 2001 up to present day. This chart's really interesting. If you have any interest in the school board and who's served on it in the last few years, you should check this out. It's actually pretty cool. So with eight candidates slated to appear on the ballot for Kirksville City Council, I sought to answer the question, why are less people running for school board these days? I reached out to two recent school board candidates to inquire why they thought no challengers filed for spots on the school board this year. I started with Matt Copeland. Copeland served on the school board between 2011 and 2013, ultimately resigning to take a teaching position in the school district. Copeland attempted to return to the board with runs in 2017 and 2018, but was unsuccessful. I asked him why he didn't run in 2019. Yeah, well, the uh, I mean, the, the big thing was selfish, you know, because right now I'm working on my uh, doctorate. I'm in my fifth semester through my educational leadership doctoral program through St. Louis University. Here in the last probably semester, I crossed the path of being eligible and uh, certifiable in order to apply for uh, principalship and uh, superintendency positions. Right now, I'm, I'm currently, you know, testing the job market in terms of, you know, uh, principalships uh, out there. You know, it's still early in the process. You know, I've gotten four interviews. I've gotten several no's. But, you know, the, the first big reason is I didn't feel very, very comfortable in filing and running and then maybe accepting a job out of area, you know, in a month or something and then uh, not being able to fulfill that. I definitely didn't run because I didn't want to help or didn't want to, you know, didn't want to be a part of it. That's definitely not it. One of the things I think that I was offering uh, both, I guess, in 17 and 18 was the uh, kind of an insider's viewpoint. You know, we, we do have some folks that are definitely community oriented. Uh, we've got some folks that have a little bit of education background. But, you know, one of the things that was very, very clear uh, we didn't have any classroom voice. We didn't have any classroom experience. And, uh, you know, I was really trying to push for that, you know, those uh, in 17 and 18, being able to add in. One of the big reasons I ran previously was uh, I do think we do a very, very good job 
of serving and uh, working with our best and brightest students in the entire community, some of the course offerings, some of the programs we have in place. But uh, kind of my my push from an educator standpoint, kind of my thing is uh, I, I really have a radar for, you know, those uh, kids who struggle, the kids maybe who have uh, some poverty in their background, have some family issues or struggles in their background. So I was really hoping to, to kind of do that. You know, when I get a principalship position here, whether it's uh, this cycle or next cycle or, or whenever that ends up happening, you know, I'm going to bring those kind of those same foundational pieces in terms of, you know, who I'm going to serve. And that's really what I was trying to do when I was running because I, I had uh, the most unique experience out of everybody running for the board because parents of three who've gone through the uh, school district, I've been a husband of a, a worker or an employee there. I've been a teacher in the classroom at another district. I've served previously as a school board member, was asked to step down and resign specifically by the school board, by the administration, by the parents and community to purposely go into the middle school in order to help, especially from the writing process, some of the culture process that was being viewed uh, as going on. You know, so I got in and had some internal experiences and observations. So, you know, I, I had some very, very, very different, unique personal observations because you can see things from the outside and, and see and think one thing. But when you actually sit in meetings and sit through situations and you know what's really going on, that's what I was really trying to offer and to bring into the situation. So not that I don't want to run. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to run again in my lifetime, whether that's, you know, next cycle or 30 years from now when I'm an old man and retired. But, you know, definitely want to help. I also reached out to MACC professor Teresa Gardner, who ran in the 2017 school board election. Gardner fell 26 votes short of winning the third open seat in that election. I asked her why, after coming that close, she didn't run in the subsequent elections. In an email response, Garner stated, I decided not to run again because my plate filled with other opportunities. A seat on the board of directors that takes my time, and in teaching yoga several times a week here in town, I simply didn't want to overcommit and stretch myself too thin. I asked Copeland and Gardner why they felt participation in the school board election was down. Gardner posited, I think things ebb and flow, but it could also be a sign that people are generally pleased with the direction the school has been moving. There have been a few big changes in the last year. It also seems that the number of people running for city council is on the rise. When I ran, it was the opposite. Maybe people have shifted to wanting to serve in that capacity. Copeland. I don't think it's anything uh, treacherous or evil or negative, definitely at all. I think you got to look at two things. One, the, the recent history. Two years ago, I think we had six or three spots, I believe. So you had, uh, you know, tremendous interest. You had tremendous ideas of uh, people being kind of pulled towards something. Usually when there are explosive issues out there, that's what generates attention. Also, the years that there are three seats open, those typically are the years that you see more candidates will file because I Obviously, just statistically, there's a, an extra seat, that, so you have a, potentially a, a better spot. One of the things that is unique, good, and unique bad about uh, the Kirksville community is at the end of the day, the teacher vote drives uh, the school board. There's enough staff, there's enough teachers, there's enough people that uh, communicate and talk amongst one another that if there are some issues that are worth commenting on or voting on or uh, looking at, I think that's a, a really big key situation. Last year, there was only two candidates. I think I filed first, oh gosh, maybe maybe three, maybe three, three and a half weeks, maybe four weeks before. And I think the morning or the afternoon of the last one, there was actually uh, the, the, the last file. 
you know, I think that was a, a situation where, you know, there were two, you know, hey, can we get someone, see if someone else would be willing to run? I know uh, Mikey mentioned somebody coming to him while, while we uh, did the uh, the rounds of interviews and that, you know, someone coming to him, you know, the last 36 hours to run. So I think that's a, another good example of, you know, people looking at, hey, there's two spots. You know, I think there's uh, enough of us that, you know, may or may not like the two that we have. And then, you know, I, I think a, a grassroots group, you know, encourages and, and pushes a third candidate. This year, very, very similar. There were two. We really didn't have an explosive issue and really didn't have a controversial board candidate. And I think that's probably why no one uh, went to run. Gayla does a very good job. She's very uh, good. Even though I know sometimes she asks a, a ton of questions that may rub some people the wrong way, I think she's definitely got uh, the kids and the students and the teachers at heart, and she's not afraid to uh, rock the boat a little bit. And then obviously with John McConnell, you know, everyone loves John, and John's, you know, kind of that symbolic, super positive voice, voice of the Tigers, voice of the community, kind of that grandfatherly type figure. I think when you have the absence of a controversial issue and you've got two candidates that are, you know, pretty solid in terms of community support, I think from an outside standpoint, the last two or three days, there were, you know, people maybe thinking, but that's going to be hard to run up against an incumbent, uh, two incumbents and uh, be able to pull that off without some major support. I do know there were several, because I, I talked to several that were strongly considering. I was strongly considering even up until the, uh, you know, to the end, because, you know, I do want to help. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, two strong incumbents, no strong lightning rod issue and some people that the community ultimately uh, want to see serve and support. And I, I, I really think that's about it. So there you have it, folks. Overall, participation in school board elections is down in the last 10 years and participation in city council is up. As I was researching for this episode, I had to dig back really far into the annals of Kirksville history, and I encountered quite a few interesting things that I wasn't aware of. For instance, in the 2008 election, there was a tie for the third seat between Kim Bailey and James Dinslow, which for any election is pretty impressive when there's a tie among thousands of votes. Ultimately, instead of conducting a runoff election, they drew names from a hat giving the position to James Dinslow. Also, I haven't been able to independently confirm this yet, but apparently there were 12 candidates that ran in the 1996 school board election, a far cry from the two that filed this year. I plan to dig deeper into this and other school board issues in future episodes. I would like to thank Matt Copeland and Teresa Gardner for participating in this story. Also, a big thanks to Mary Magruder at the school board office and Tammy Miller at the Adair County Courthouse for digging up records for me. Finally, a shout out to Dr. Neil Chamberlain, Dr. Janet Gooch, and Dr. Lloyd Cleaver for helping me map out the recent history of Kirksville School Board. Again, check out our graphs on the Kirksville Weekly Facebook page. And now it's time for your weekly sports update with Kirksville Daily Express sports editor, Austin Miller. What do you have for us this week, Austin? So state wrestling wrapped up in Columbia on Saturday, and the Kirksville team came back from Missouri Arena with three state medalists, a sophomore Logan Blicken took sixth place at 120 pounds. Senior Blake Howard took fifth at 145 pounds. And freshman Jaden Ballinger took fourth at 152 pounds. So three state medalists for the Tigers are coming back. Uh, they only had one last year. So a very good end of the season for the Tigers. Of a very good season as well. I know they had kind of a trip up on the second day, but still getting three medalists is a really good accomplishment for those guys. So expect them to be able to put some more things together. They had a lot of underclassmen do well, and a lot of kids back next year to hopefully improve and get even better. All right. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Kirksville Weekly. 
Be sure to check us out on Facebook. We will see you next week. Kirksville Weekly is a production of Sarcast Media. New episodes are released every Monday and are available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you have a topic that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, email us at kirksvilleweekly at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.